0: Audio ecstasy and Dylan sitting next to me. Yeah. them, them, down,
1: no
0: notes, no notes oh, like yeah, no, Let's just ride with that. that that's was great. A, submission yeah. for a
1: little bit of ad libs and maybe some team. found sounds and stuff, but no, oh, we're right there. that's like a
0: James yeah. Brown and the JBs kind of boom two, um, two, boom boom um, those ho- like um, horns.
1: Um,
0: it's also yeah. very uh, what's Keenan and Kel? They're not Keenan and couple but just Keenan. Uh, uh,
1: what's up with that? What's up mm, with that?
0: Okay, boom. yeah, yeah, <laughs> I can
1: see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, audio ecstasy. Episode twenty, season finale, season one. That's what it is. Yeah, season finale. Unless we uh, slip some like winter wanes at some point, this uh, is it. Just a
0: little <laughs> sneaky bootleg episode for the real heads out there. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, but we're doing the the top fives. We're doing. We got your top five albums of the year.
1: Yeah, and uh, five records from you that uh, you really enjoyed, and you know, spent a lot of quality time with. Wouldn't say that you necessarily love, but have a special place in your heart. But. Top five albums for me that aren't necessarily
0: just from this year, because. I don't know. New music isn't connected with me like that these
1: days or something. Well, that's an important thing to talk about, too, because, like, you know, there's no sense in just talking up records that you don't necessarily feel like you connected with. And I mean, I know that we've talked about stuff from this year, but they're just, you know, it is just that kind of thing where you can't, you know, Necessarily, just kind of there always being records that you feel like that you necessarily have that kind of an attachment to from any given year. But I do applaud the fact that you've been paying more attention to contemporary music than you have in the last couple of years. Had it not been you who I was doing the show with, like,
0: had it been just like <laughs> someone who wasn't like a, like a, one of my best friends, I would have definitely just done like a. Fake performance thing where, like, I like obviously, I, like listen to enough podcasts on music or like read the shit where I could have just like listed off five and mm-hmm. I would have just faked that it. it would have been like the Weather Station. Oh, yeah, Pharaoh Sanders. And, and that's
1: the thing is that like you could definitely have somebody that like knew you well enough to just be uh, able to call you on that, but there's no doubt that you could just be able to talk about any record that comes out the, this year five, and just pull it off. And be it. Like, yeah, especially the ones that are like just that revered like the Floating Points record or the Weather Station record that it's just like, oh, yeah, this is just a high pinnacle, of whatever the fuck. I mean, both of those records are good. I actually. Like promises quite a bit, but like, yeah, I mean, those were just like, I mean, they were. You're, you're supposed to stick out like a sore thumb without those sort of records on it. Yeah, for that major publication, you know. But uh yeah, it's just uh, time of the season. So, uh, do you want to kick things off, or do you want me to hop into mine? Well, before we get into that, oh you yeah, oh, me yeah we have we were telling to Twitter, me that yeah, yeah. You finally you watched Get Back. Yeah. So not unlike uh, you with just Canobre Records, I have done a terrible job of. Uh, documentaries and film just all kinds of stuff that like i really should be getting into that would be sort of up my alley like i still haven't watched the velvet underground documentary which i mean that's just shameful i'm so disappointed i haven't gotten through this yet but yeah i did rip through get back finally weeks after it came out and all eight hours yeah it was great all all eight hours of it three apps uh yeah it was a fucking trip and i mean it is that sort of thing too that like You know, very easy to kind of roll your eyes at like eight hours of footage of them just recording these songs and mind you, not necessarily their best work songs that like and again part of it is just the nature and the construction of these songs the time strength, strength that they were under their relationship with one another like there's a lot of detail and, and you know just given the nature of the Beatles being who they are that just made this so fascinating and like for the heads I mean it, it can't be like overstated just how you know incredible it is to see that kind of raw footage in those like interactions I mean
0: yeah I mean okay like, I'll say for yeah, one
1: it's just a lot to back there but yeah
0: I got a huge soft spot for let it be because that was the first Beatles album I got into my dad's okay, friend right on he gave me a copy of let it be naked when it came out which was like i want to say like 2001 or something like that mm-hmm. and i used to like listen to that with my mom a lot in the car um so i love that one so like for me this was just like a big returning to like my first time getting into the beatles and shit uh but also i think like it's crazy just seeing all the solo songs that they've got like the, the abundance of material yeah and how oh, good yeah. all of it was like i mean they've got like all things must pass in the mix. They've got, like, a version of Jealous Guy. They've got... Mm -hmm. Paul's bringing out Teddy boy and I think He plays junk maybe at some point in it I mean there's just a bunch of stuff
1: like, yeah And it, it was true too at uh, one point towards The end George was talking about how he had written So many songs he was like "Man, yeah, fuck it I'm just gonna go off and do these on my own and like and Yoko really, like, the, from behind that's, you see her head like that's, that's a exa- great idea like, yep, That's exactly right like they John both John and George at that point were Pretty heavy into just recording stuff at their Homes and the, you know with their four track, George had an 8 track whatever but like It just it was an interesting sort of thing like you see like like that thing right there of like, oh yeah, like Yoko just you know sort of encouraging that just sort of creativity, like just that sort of thing where it's like, oh yeah, you know you don't necessarily need to be you know where she's come from constrained to the you know demands of the Beatles and like you know just everything about like yeah their relationships in the band, like you know the power dynamic with Paul and everybody else and the tension throughout all of that and it was just it's so fascinating to see a lot of that sort of stuff play out and I mean even like little things like i had been reading up more and like you know john lennon is like struggles with heroin and you can see him just mm-hmm. like nodding off and like just things of that and like just pick up little things like that it's just so fucking surreal to i mean it's crazy
0: did and, you have any like uh perspective shifting stuff for like you had thought it was one way and then you see the actual like did any of like your impressions of them change or their dynamics or
1: a little bit because i mean i was gonna bring up one point too is that it's interesting on um is it The album Imagine As well The one that uh, Or no What record Was Jealous Guy on
0: Jealous Guy Is on
1: Imagine Is on Imagine Okay yeah. Okay. So there's also uh, That song How Do You Sleep That's like that Pulmary yeah. diss track Wh- That's on that record the As George, well That yeah. George plays on And I'm pretty sure Ringo might have been a part of those sessions or he like I remember him like really freaking out at one point because of how far they were taking it. I don't know if it was that song or that's uh, some other track. He
0: gets but, off. I mean like he gets off definitely the hardest slides like them freaks were right when they said you were dead like that's the mm, hardest for sure. Yeah. Of like Paul so, throws weak shit. It's like it's, real like shade just, subreddit shit. It's or crazy.
1: Yeah a little. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's, it's a lot more. Yeah. Doesn't it cut nearly my deep. dog's
0: got three legs like too many people preach and practices. It's like nothing. John like calls him out He's like
1: <laughs> uh, it's, Yeah, it's wild though that those are on the same record and like the that uh, Conversation that would that John and Paul had with the microphones hidden or the yeah it was just, yeah, it was so wild to like, you know, see a lot of just like Them being so candid about just like the growing ripples within the group and like the tensions between like him like You know just stating matter-of-factly like, how difficult it was with poor Paul was coming from and them wanting to just be able to Express themselves without having to do things a certain way and like you know just it was i don't know but like it also like tonally still i mean it what like john was being straightforward but it wasn't nearly as antagonistic as i thought a lot of the stuff was going to be like they still there was so much camaraderie and like joking around and like laughs between them and it was like given the nature of like the situation where they were you know it's it is it is still kind of startling in my mind to see just how like you know, much they seem to be enjoying each other. To, you know, that's, at like moments and like that. That to me was definitely a, a little bit shocking.
0: I think that's like the big thing for me that I'm trying to figure out. I'm about to watch it again with my dad when I go home for Christmas here. Mm-hmm. But the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, the Beatles loved each other still at that time. Like John and Paul seem like they're like best friends still. Like there's obviously beef, but like they seem like they yeah. like they're smiling. Conversations so
1: much. with journalists about them not writing as much anymore. Yeah, like. and
0: like but they seem like they're having so much fun together. But then the second time around watching it, I felt like. I mean, I felt like it was them almost, like, faking it around each other just because they have to be around each other, so, like, let's have a good time. I don't know. It Because there's that one point where Lindsay Michael Hogg directly, the, the director himself, is talking to John, and he says... He's talking about he like explicitly brings up that there's a wound between John and Paul, and John acknowledges it. And like so, knowing that it's something that's like a known thing in the air that like they have issues between each other, but then seeing them be that way around each other, so friendly, it made it to me. It just felt like it was like maybe they're just like not that there isn't like real joy between them, but like Mm -hmm. that to some degree, it's performed because they just have to, like just for the sake of like having a decent vibe in the era area. Like we work together. Like we're gonna be around each other.
1: Right. Yeah. No. I, I think. And like with the writing being on the wall, too, that this was sort of like going to be the last kind of just, you know, trying to leave on someone. I mean, I I think that there probably was a strong element to that. And like what I, you know, I'm sort of speaking to, because I mean, again, I'm not going to try to be, um, you know, naive about whatever the state of how you know their relationships might have been and everything. Like just despite how they're acting, but like there are like weird moments that do. Yeah, it's like it, yeah, nothing is quite as like or obvious as it, it's not quite as like black and white in that way. I guess it's just like I think that there are like there's a lot more nuance to that. But like obviously, like there are such a deep fractures and it's yeah, it's, it is like yeah, it's it, for it's sure very, George, very well. Here we go ahead.
0: it's for sure like George and Paul where you actually see like up front.
1: Like, actually, back and forth vocally sparring, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of that first one, when he leaves, it was literally just like, all right, like, you know, this is how I want to do it, and if you're going to be that way, like, I'm I'm out. Like, that's just... Yeah, I mean, so, like, obviously, that was pretty heavy, and um, it was resolved fairly quickly, but, like, it still was just like, oh, yeah, like to whatever extent they actually can perform and be around each other it's like they're not going to this is just never going to resolve itself in a way that's amenable to you know who they are as artists at that point
0: it felt too like the one scene where where george is showing them all things must pass pretty mm-hmm. early on in the first part and like yeah. they're playing together as a band and they sound incredible it's like i felt like it was one of the best performances oh when they were playing
1: something or really like, no or all things, things like, the song all must, yeah no it was I'm trying to blank on... When did they play all things? Because I was totally blank. I thought that... It's in,
0: it's, I think it's in, like, the first hour of, the, of okay. them at Twickenham. Because, yeah, the film. they were
1: definitely playing stuff from that record, and I... Okay. When yeah, they yeah. play
0: it, though, there's this part where, like... And he Peter kind of draws it out, so it feels, I feel like, kind of, like, agonizing. But you watch him, like, play him play the the band, like, one of his most beautiful songs, mm-hmm. and, like, this is him at, like, his peak songwriting, like... And he's still being kind of boxed in. And you watch Paul and John just, like, each, like make little critiques at it and like snips at like take like a little sh- i don't know it just like you could just feel how like he was still being so like held and you hear him like respond to like lyrical things like john tells him to change one word and he's just like okay or like, he goes with it i don't know it was just like yeah it's rough to a- watch out hard George to watch gets for sure yeah
1: yeah i mean I definitely yeah yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a George guy. I came out of that just with more admiration for him. Yeah, i respect to the rest of them, but okay, favorite yeah. person in the whole thing, though, for Billy sure. Billy Preston, come on. Well, okay, <laughs> Billy, like, course, Billy Preston
0: stole it. Like <laughs> Lindsay Michael Hogg, the director. Mm-hmm. That guy mm-hmm. cracks me up. Like, <laughs> like I just love that. Like it'll be like the war. This is a Tim joke. I'm stealing directly from him here. Mm-hmm. Um, but. He'll come in at, like, the worst times. Like, they'll have, like, just gotten into, like, a big fight. And he'll just come in and be like, Swear we out on the boat, guys. Do we think we're going to be doing the performance on a boat? Are we not going to... Like, you just, like, no, like, attention to reading the room. Like, just... Mm-hmm. I, I love that guy. Like, the one scene where he's like, What's the biggest charity? You
1: know what I'm talking <laughs> about? <laughs> I think I'm... I don't... I, I'm totally blanking on that part, but I definitely... They're trying to the figure out team, where to... Yeah. <laughs> I love fuck, that guy. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Oh, fuck uh do you want to get into it right let's now? Do it, man. let's get, do it let's get the fuck into it yeah man it's uh it's been a fucking year and a lot uh, you know better than i kind of thought it would be going in but like it's still like you know i i you know was for a while did not have a ton of records that i was super huge on like i felt it was maybe a little bit bottom loaded but or loaded, however you want to frame it but it just yeah it was not uh one of the you know heavier years for a lot of the stuff that I'm super into, but, like, you know, great stuff every year. So, uh, my number five this year was Illusory Walls by The World's Beautiful Place and I'm No Longer Afraid to Die, which, uh, you know, Eat Milk Collective, they're a five piece now, I believe, uh, people from Philly and I think Connecticut still, um, but really great uh, they're, yeah, a band that I've been into for several years now. They're I mean, I consider them my favorite emo band. They were, like, one of a handful of bands that really got, got me into emo music. And, I mean, to even call them, like, emo now seems, you know, more and more disingenuous just because of how, kind mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, different and multifaceted this sort of record is. Even, I mean, they always were in a lot of ways. I mean, I've talked to you endlessly about how they're much closer to a lot of, like, you know, early aughts kind of art rock collectives, and they are just like a lot of their, you know, contemporary emo heroes But um, this record, outside of just the uh, sort of uh, post rock, sort of uh, fourth wave emo thing, it's definitely more of just like a proggy metal kind of record. And it still retains a lot of, uh, you know, their melodicism and their sort of just interplay and in the way that, you know, they kind of uh, dynamics between. I mean, the band works, like it's still this sort of thing. I mean, they're just sweeping beautiful sort of crescendos and a lot of just like gorgeous melodic passages, but a lot of just more intense guitar. I mean, it's just definitely a heavier record lyrically and sonically. And I mean, I've also, you know, I reference a lot how, yeah, this is a band that I think writes poli- uh, like very aptly about the political landscape in a way that doesn't feel like contrived or uh, off-putting or like, you know, sort of, uh, you know, lightweight in any way. I mean, it's very heavy and intense and stuff that, you know, just references a lot of things that are going on in a way that, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, very poetic. And I'm not going to just, like, recite stuff right now, but, I mean, I think that, you know, it's, they balance a lot of, like, uh, subtle humor with uh, a lot of weight and uh, a genuine sense of community, and it's really, you know, sort of ambitious, sprawling and heartfelt stuff that i uh you know, I just I can't get enough of that shit, and I, they put out four records, and I think they're all at least very good, if not great, but uh I think that this is one of their better records and something that uh I think you know it's easy to admire if you're a fan of any kind of like indie rock music, but um you haven't listened to any records have you negative yeah negative. i I feel like uh whenever if ever the first one really is the one that, like all the records just are so different sounding, and they've gone through like so many lineup changes that, like, on any one of their given records, they do sound like genuinely like a different band. And I mean, in a lot of senses, they are because of the personnel shifts and whatnot. But um, yeah, I mean, this record's phenomenal. It's definitely a record that I think you should check out. But I also like, given what they have put out, it, I could see this being your least favorite record of theirs. Just because, yeah, the other ones are just warmer and you know more melodic and you know not, not quite as uh, abrasive. But uh, all great stuff.
0: Uh, yeah, so. The world is a beautiful place, and I'm no longer afraid of it. Yeah, it's just, I yeah. think it's one of those names that was like.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly. In my head,
0: it was like, it's too long. It's, too not, long. it's Yeah. for well, me. And
1: yeah, well, <laughs> you just know that it's just not sort of your shit. If it's not like a. Because that kind of name also, I could see being like a kind of weird like mathy pavement sort of thing just like a slacker like technical slacker rock kind of thing which seems like an an, an oxymoron in some ways but like at the same time like i think that yeah that name almost like ween like like i can see the band like that kind of being more just like out there in that way but uh, yeah, it's very much like not your shit, but I think, <laughs> I think harmlessness. There, in my opinion, their like masterwork from 2015 would probably be the record that you would enjoy the most. But okay, yeah, I'm honestly not sure if any of them are really for you. But I would love to hear your takes on this stuff. I'll, I'll at
0: least, I'll at least like bump some like what's in like the Spotify top five or something, yeah. and then. I do think, like, report.
1: yeah, as far as, like, any, like, contemporary, because, emo- I mean, you know, there's, they're not, like, part of the fifth wave, so to speak. I mean, they, you know, originated in, uh, well, you don't know, but they originated in 2010 or so, and they put up their first record in, like, 20. 20- 13 so that i mean they've been around for you know a decent time i mean there they are certainly veterans but i mean there's obviously still active and i think we're still one of the more compelling bands working today you know otherwise so
0: uh, where are you at what's your five all right so yeah like i said at the top of the show i'm not doing top five necessarily of 2021 so wait,
1: do these have an order like these you, you still have like a favorites list or are these just not five really. randomly placed, just, just like all over the
0: place these like, are five albums that i got really into this year no order no order and
1: favorite yeah you know, preference or whatever
0: Nothing cool. like that. Negative. Cool. All, right, All right. So coming off at the top with... I Half Smiles of the Decomposed by Guided by Voices. I got COVID earlier in the year in April. And <laughs> so, you know, two weeks just chilling at home. Had nothing to do. And I got into, like, another, like, let's go, like, a layer deeper into, like, Guided by Voices. Because, like, that's what I love so much about them is that they're, like, this band with such a huge discography that, like, I still only... They're, like, my favorite band, and, like, music's my whole life, and I still only know, like, maybe... Twenty percent of their catalog, or something like that. Right. I remember
1: talking to you about this, and you were like, "I still feel like such a casual fan, given comp- the breadth of knowledge in comp- like Facebook group. For, yeah, you know, I, any kind yeah. Of community for like other voice is just like, oh yeah, like the heads for this band are like absolutely heads in every sense of the word. Like, it's insane, it, yeah, and I love yeah, it yeah.
0: though because like I can hit that group with like random questions, and like there's a response in like minutes, and it's like a mm-hmm. well educated like sourced. Th- it's they've got like databases, like they're one of like the best like documented bands i think period by like their fan community so i got into this is the album from when they broke up for the first time in 2004 it was going to be the last <laughs> got of bad voices album i got into that and it's like it was just a great reminder that like every year i can get into like another there's still like four or five more albums from like the classic kind of first run of the band that i haven't fully listened to
1: that's such an exciting feeling it feels like, like it oh reminds man.
0: me of like Okay, it's this weird, weird reference that might not be worth it in the end, but you ever see the movie Beer Fest?
1: Oh yeah, a while back. Yeah, I barely remember that. But yeah, yeah. Do you
0: remember? There's the one character in the movie called I think his name's like Landfill or something. Yes. And he did. dies, and they he has a him. twin brother yeah. who shows up. Yeah. It feels like the, it feels like I have like a friend. Like Guided by Voices is my friend, and then every year somehow I meet like a new twin of my friend. It's like oh, there's like just more good Guided by Voices music that like it just feels like an old friend that I've known my whole life. But like
1: you're really now just getting to know. He's always been there, but you're now really it, cultivating a relationship. Yeah. It's,
0: or this is like what having like a lifelong partners like where it's like your best friend and you're still just like, along along learning, <laughs> just yeah, like, like a long learning
1: new that is a beautiful like, and this year partner, I, got, I love that
0: i can't remember if we talked about it in the show oh, already man. but i got into i listened to his uh the, like, memoir of the band, not memoir because it's not by him, but like the biography of his story and the band's story. I got the audiobook of that.
1: Oh, no, I don't believe we talked about this.
0: I was, I mean, that was just another great. I, that's my new hobby is like if you can get like an audiobook of the story of like your favorite artists, like I did it with Spring Scene, I think that's the best. Like, you'll always remember what season you listen to. Like, <laughs> like it's just a like, great time. Um, yeah, that is great, but yeah, I, not, I mean, nothing specific to say about the album. It's another Guy by Voices album, you know, they all sound there's like slight changes in like how high fi versus lo-fi it is but
1: yeah and he's not yeah there's not like any weird like studio experience like at that point i would imagine like 2004 like he's not like really going too far out there with Actually, certain things
0: that, but you're right that's notable that's worth saying that it's not like a tw- most guide about voices albums are like 20 to 30 songs long with mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. pretty decent split between like 10 to 15 three minute long good songs and then like
1: some great Five to ten,
0: yeah like very short little just like interstitial things yeah. and this album has none of that this is like i want to say like 10 to 12 just like perfect power pop songs that are all like three minutes four minutes long
1: okay and yeah I mean that, that certainly speaks to the this sort of thing that i mean again not that like you can't appreciate a record like that like you know more traditional sounding gbv record at this point in your life that you hadn't heard but like something that is just like that hook filled it's like oh, yeah of course like you would just glop out of this if you haven't heard this before from gbv i mean yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it's cool. What what is it called? One more time. Half smiles of the decomposed. Half smiles of the and decomposed. I think it's I, definitely I like a so. great
0: uh, like intro for someone too. If they haven't got. Okay. B thousand, I, mean, I think always. That just the best seems like one, the gold though.
1: standard, especially just there are so many, but like something like that sounds like it it would be up there for sure as well. Yeah. Um, so you number good four. Shit. All what right. What we got? Number four is "Pray for Haiti" by Makami. Now uh, I know. See, with all these artists, like I do remember bringing them up on the show at some point. Like we had talked about, I'm pretty sure all of them uh, at least once. And Makami came up just when I was talking about uh, whatever you know. I was giving album recommendations, but say New Jersey based rapper. really really um i don't even know how to sort of just go about framing how great makami is but very singular talent uh sort of uh come he he sounds a lot like uh you know he's cut from the same uh, comparable cloth as some of the like avant-garde like underground new york rap guys but uh yeah, he's Jersey-based, and he's, I believe, half Haitian, half whatever. There's like He influences a lot of stuff from just, like, his, uh, obviously, like Haitian culture, and, like, he'll slip into just, like, Creole and, like, just, like, various slang and kind of go back into English and, like, just very, very multifaceted, interesting guy. His songs kind of veer, you know, all, like, just, I mean, he, I don't know. He, like... He,
0: is he early in his career? Is he? Been he's for fairly
1: long? early. Yeah, I mean, he's he's. I mean, he's young. He's been around for a while, but like, I don't like. I don't think he, it's, the part of it too is like he's such an elusive dude that like most of his records up until this point were just like released like through his site for just like hundreds of dollars and like he had very little like on like you know streaming platforms or like released you know more just like available. Like, well, I mean, he's has bit independent. I think you know his entire career. So like. He's just somebody that like is just perpetually elusive, and I had heard like little bits and pieces of music before this year and was into him, but like, yeah, *Pray for 80 was like the first record that I, I really kind of sunk my teeth into, and he's got some more stuff that's available now, but yeah, this record really just you know completely blew me away. I mean, it's produced by West Side Gun of Griselda, and there's a lot of just like well constructed kind of just like. Uh, You know, boom bap sort of golden age kind of hip hop, but it it doesn't feel quite as contrived. It's a little bit like jazzier and more soulful, and swings a little bit. And I mean, Makami just—I mean—he's so fucking in the pocket. Like he's just got great flows, great bars. I mean, very sort of insightful guy, and like he, you know, has that sort of thing too, where like he, you know, speaks out a lot of sort of you know societal ills, and is like very you know sort of uh, conscious about sort of his place in the world and the things that you know, this, that, whatever. But, like, he doesn't ever feel like it's super preachy. And he's just like a, yeah, the sort of rapper that is just so, like, he's the smartest guy in the room. But he's not going to just, you know, fucking go around and espousing on it. I mean, he's just, you know, very, very captivating stuff. And um, it's, like, yeah, ten songs, a couple uh interstitials, like an interlude in some, like, smaller you know, kind of interlude type things, but, or like, it's like a vocal piece, basically, and like a skit sort of thing, and then some instrumental interludes. But, like, yeah, I mean, kind of, yeah, Veer is, uh, yeah, just some very hard hitting boom bap to more, just like laid back and soulful stuff. And, yeah, a lot of range, a lot of talent, great writer. Um, I don't, can't imagine that you've really heard all that much if you haven't heard this one or, like, the one that he put out shortly after, or no, I think it was a couple weeks ago, actually. It's called Balin's Joe. It's like a short little, uh, uh, Ten Song kind of thing with a couple of interludes again but uh yeah really good stuff are, are you familiar with any of this no i've, I've, I've not listened to him yeah, i was gonna say we had barely talked about him and uh yeah it was just like yeah one of those things that really kind of came out of nowhere for me this year and it's just it's i've been really admired it quite a bit since it came out and yeah, it's just never really left my rotation so yeah i mean just yeah, i'm gonna check it out yeah great stuff i mean i do think like this this uh yeah i think i mean Yeah, no, I mean, I I could see it really kind of going on. I think you're going to really enjoy a lot of it. But Uh, check
0: these out, and then December 2022, I'll come to you with my best of 2021.
1: Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. That's right. Like, like, these are the records that I just got got into this year. These are my favorites. Yeah, that's right. Oh, man, I'm looking forward to
0: that. Um, Where you at? What's your four? My fourth one is Girls Can Tell, the first Spoon album
1: oh okay this was released in
0: 2001 another one that i want to say i got into during that two week period when i had covid actually i think three of these are from right around that same period i just got like that was like a month to two month period where i was just doing like some deep dives on music i hadn't heard before um but yeah if you i mean have you listened to spoon before yeah i love spoon oh
1: no it's that i love spoon i i Spoon are a great band i like a lot of the records quite a bit um, I'm not even sure if I've listened to this one. I like uh, Kill the Moonlight. It's fucking phenomenal. That came out, I think, a little bit after That's this. the
0: second one, right, with the second two arms third, on the I cover? Think. Yes,
1: that's right. Yeah, the, yeah.
0: This one is the... This is the only one I know all the way, really. And it reminded me a lot of... And I mean, this is a reference I feel like that gets overly made, but maybe they were just, like, that big at the time. But, like, it reminds me of the Strokes. It feels like the Strokes, like, plus some piano in the mix. Mm. Like, it's oh, very yeah. much in that, like... Motown-inspired chord progressions, but, like, played in, like, a kind of, like, funky... Not funky, but, like well you know what the fucking what the stroke sound like okay? yeah like, no, I, I mean to reach a, a, absolutely i mean
1: that what well, i thought you said about the on that strokes episode about their sound was very apt we were talking about just like motown melody sort of like you know refitted with a post-punk yeah. yeah. or something it's
0: just like, like post definitely ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum,
1: ba-dum, more ba-dum, of a swing to it than i think yeah. with a lot of you know that, just like, straight Iggy up motown pop. ballad type stuff but yeah yeah absolutely
0: yeah but there's i mean great songwriting on it uh I think we're looking for
1: Garage Rock here. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, Garage Rock. It doesn't matter. But yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, At least, like, that's kind of how I've always really thought of Spoon. Not necessarily just, like, the Strokes, but, like, they are just, like... A uh, ridiculously consistent band that, like, again, they kind of are overlooked in a lot of circles because of just how consistent they are, and you know, they're not a band that's ever going to necessarily reinvent the wheel or necessarily their wheel, but like, yeah. they've never really made bad records. I mean, they're always sounding pretty solid. What's that one song? Their biggest song.
0: Oh, see, that thing is—I know, I definitely know what you're talking about, but I have no idea what it's called. For the longest time, I always, <laughs> I thought that song was a Billy Joel song oh okay yeah like it's just straight up thought like that was like a 90s joel classic which
1: yeah are, it's a these, high compliment it is these are sp- spoon show tunes i don't know they're, they're uh they're joel numbers no is, yeah i don't yeah i have no idea but yeah no that's that's tight though I've, so have you listened to spoon before this is this like your first kind of foray no i think they were it's i can't remember if i got into
0: them it's a two-fold thing i remember one ezra played a little bit of them on tc this song fitted shirt which is on this album it's Hell one yeah. of my favorites on it um but i think it was hearing it that on tc like clocking like oh that's cool i like that and then i want to say they just got thrown into my spotify algorithm and i liked it and then i was like oh i'll do like i'll finally do the deep dive on this album nice and yeah i love okay. it i cannot i mean i can't recommend it enough it's a really easy like 30 minute listen every song's great they're all very poppy and very digestible and i mean i'm if i'm if it's on my list you know it's quick, easy.
1: A lot of sugar. <laughs> In and out, a lot of sugar. I very not I don't have time these days for the bullshit. Yeah, you really should rip through all that spoon though. I mean Gaga Gaga Ga from two thousand seven is a very good record. Uh what a title. Yeah, it's a great title. Kill yeah. the Moonlight, obviously I mentioned I think it's just an incredible album and then uh They Out My Soul from uh twenty fourteen. It's also very good. I mean yeah. they've, they've got a lot of good albums. I mean they've been
0: I think we got that one coming I mean, out next year, right? Lucifer's Couch right. or whatever.
1: Yeah, Lucifer's Sofa, that's yeah. I believe. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, I a couple of actually, I think we just one single from it so far, but it was pretty good. I mean, again, it's just it's spoon. You know what you're gonna get, but it always sounds good. Brent Daniel seems like a cool guy too. He just seems like a he really normal, very, down yeah, to earth dude. Yeah, I was gonna say he absolutely like just a super well adjusted and interesting and like just yeah, you
0: know, but I, also still like very rock and roll and cool. Like he's like a perfect divide of being like not some asshole rock star guy, but also like. He, like he's still like he's like a cool rock and roll dude, but he's like down to earth or whatever. Like
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, he's definitely yeah, like a very ideal sort of like rock star archetype in that way. I yeah. think like yeah, I mean they're, I mean they're just Please so don't get canceled, Brit. We love you. We look to you. Reminds me a lot of, I mean not an immediate thing, but yeah, I mean there aren't. I, yeah, I don't know. Like, there I, are like I think like these no, I mean, a lot of great rock guys, but somebody that kind of pulls off that sort of like balancing act. Like, yeah, I think of like Thomas Mars from like Phoenix. Like, I think he does oh, that yeah. pretty well. Yeah, like, with you. It's just like it's again, yeah, again, There's just so easy to like lapse into that sort of like over the top, excessive, like indulgent bullshit. Yeah. you know, so think, like Alex Turner, Alex Turner, or fucking Matt Healy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there, it's countless, dude. Yeah. But, uh, Okay. So All right. So you, number three, number right? Number three. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Um, my three is, oh man, what the fuck was? Oh, yeah. Duh. Uh, hey, what by Low? Okay. So, you know, this uh, band, I know we've talked to a handful of times this year. I can't remember if we had really gotten into them much in years past. I mean, they're uh, a band that I really hadn't listened to much myself until 2018 when uh, Double Negative, their last record before this came out. And I mentioned to you as well with this about how both these were produced by BJ Burton and there are 2015 record as well ones and sixes which I re-listened or actually listened to for the first time like a week or so ago and it's uh, really interesting to see this, this sort of progression with that because I would talk about like this and double negative being two sides of the uh, two opposite sides of the same coin but it's a little bit more complex than that because ones and sixes really is where a lot of these sort of ideas are kind of uh the seeds of these are planted so to speak i mean double negative is super abrasive and it sounds like it's like a corrosive sort of like post-rock noise sort of record and this uh maintains that sort of thing but it also uh it's definitely a little bit lighter more melodic uh definitely more sweeping i mean this sounds more i guess yeah it it definitely is it's just like there's a lightness to this and the way that both these are mixed that uh, both uh, hit what and double negative are mixed. Like you can hear, uh, sort of, yeah, the how intense and um, just well uh, deployed the distortion and the noise, like all that static kind of works against uh, the vocals and everything else. But like it's not ever overbearing. It's just like perfectly, like it's just so tastefully rendered. And the songs themselves are great on here. I mean, just really incredible melodies between Mimi Parker and uh, Alan Sparhawk. And again, I. It is interesting too to think about like sort of a lot of what uh, the, these uh, artists are singing about because I do always just kind of go back to like oh yeah like you know the world is and Jeff Rosenstock being like my immediate examples of people that write very compellingly politically uh, and consistently writing about politics in a compelling way but uh, I think uh, Alan spark and maybe Parker do as well and I mean Double Negative was a very uh, mournful and frustrated and uh you know just downright uh depressed record about every you know everything with 26 election forward and uh it still retains a lot of that sentiment but it's just much more optimistic much uh more i think um you know just sort of um yeah just uh, i don't know rational is not really what i'm thinking of necessarily but like it uh it's yeah just a more sort of mature and um nuanced record and, I like double negative sonically a lot more but there is uh not a lot more i think uh, you know th- this record is just it's so beautiful and there's so many layers to it and there's so much that it, you know i it's easy to appreciate admire about this thing in a way that like you know a lot of like comparably avant-garde music uh doesn't necessarily deliver on um have you listened to any low records danny i listened to this one in the last oh like, no we had two. talked about this like, like <laughs> a lifetime we hung out yeah so yeah what, i what like did you it I,
0: I like it and, and like it's yeah the production is incredible i mean that's what pulled me on it was the bj burton right yeah and I, it, it is super cool like we talked to about like that first track there's that super cool point where it sounds like it's like, like it's skipping, it. right and it's so like yep. high f- i feel like that is a trick that's been done on albums before like that specific thing but yep. there, this was done in such a way that felt like so big and modern and like hi-fi yeah. but the production on it kind of reminded me of like the war on drugs album not the in the sense of the stylization of it obviously but like the how hi-fi like the resolution of it it just felt so yeah. it felt can, like yeah. like 4K resolution.
1: Well, it's an interesting music. thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I think that they're a pretty good comparison in this way. Just like, yeah, like you said, the resolution of that, the sheer scale of like it's, the dynamics and everything. So, it's yeah, like.
0: It just feels like some of the clearest sounding yeah. music I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I know. I think that's, that's definitely fair to say.
0: Have you dipped into their first phase of their career, like the yeah, slow Yeah, I, I actually, stuff?
1: I started uh, doing like a low run. I don't know if it was earlier. I mean, at some, I, I finished it up, uh, yeah, like fairly recently, but. <sighs> Yeah, I, I uh I have listened to all the records and there I mean, a lot of great stuff. I mean it's uh you know, like with something like Slowcore it's so easy to uh just, you know, kind of uh whatever, kinda of drown, you know, wash over have it wash over you not really think too much about what's happening. I mean there it's just you know, there's so much nuance to everything that happens. But yeah, I think they've got a couple of really, really great records from earlier on, but um I definitely am like the most uh I, I, yeah, just taken sort of with a uh, double negative and hey, what, but things we lost in the fire is pretty great. Um, drums and guns from 07 is fucking great. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot that I'd recommend, but yeah, did you so this wasn't necessarily like something that you know you were that like actually into, but you appreciated? Yeah, I, I, I like, I liked it for sure like it wasn't mm-hmm. like i was indifferent
0: to it but i just don't it didn't like strike a chord with me or yeah. anything yeah mm-hmm. that, that's basically
1: i guess where i'd stand right on it. no that makes sense that's kind of yeah. what i figured would be the case yeah uh, all
0: right, so my number three, yeah, is coincidentally all right, So we're both wearing T-shirts that deal a little bit with my list today. I, I'm wearing my God of My Voices T-shirt that I just got today that I'm gonna wear every day for the rest of my life.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Yep. Well, and, actually, I think my my shirt's a pretty good hint
0: too, though, in its own way. You well, you're wearing the Elephant Six t-shirt. and I'm talking about Dusk at Cubist, Ca- Dusk at Cubist Castle. Oh, shit. So this is yeah, much, much more
1: direct than I was anticipating here. Holy shit. All yeah. right. All yeah. right. Um, that's, that's fucking, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very we excited. We talked about when oh, I got into
0: this album earlier this we year. Did. I definitely remember talking a decent amount, I think, about this. This was the first yeah. album that like Spotify, because we talked about, I think, in the Algorithm episode. Uh, oh, this that's, is one of the first albums that Spotify ever fed me where I was like, whoa, this is great. Like, Thank God this found, found its way into my lap. Like, and they're a band also like Spoon where I feel like I had known the name for like a decade. Mm-hmm. And there was, I would, I could easily have seen me going my whole lifetime never having heard them if the algorithm didn't throw them at me. Cause like, I know they're a band I'd like, but like, there was nothing pushing me to be I, like, you've got to listen I to I just though. feel
1: like I, I failed. So, I failed you so hard. I didn't even like, know you. Were, I knew, like, just knowing I that you're like an encyclopedia of, of the shit. <laughs> well, it the just seems to. like such a no brainer that like this would be a band that you would love. But oh I, in my, God, my head, it was felt. just like, you like oh yeah, like you're familiar and like you're gonna do the rounds at some point, but like I don't know, like I yeah I fucked up. I'm so glad that it found man,
0: you, man. When it came on, I I can still remember just like just how it's ex- like excited I was about like hearing this like totally. It's
1: just like it's
0: it's just like to me it's like the same thing as like the guided by voices uh, uh, formula of like Beatlesy like very Beatlesy. <laughs> yeah, it's just like yeah, it's so good. It's like British invasion y and like very catchy, but it's also like this like weird nineties bizarro world version of it where like everything's a little off. Or something like yeah. very revolver era Beatles specifically. And that's like, why I
1: love it. It's r- literally right in my sweet spot. It is truly just like yeah, 60s psychedelic at its most potent distilled through just like off kilter nineties indie rock. And it's like, so oh good. My god it's- <laughs> I, fucking, I love it so much. Oh my god, <laughs> it is so good. It, and it's so great. Their second records uh, I also like quite a bit. I don't think you'd be into it as much. Um, is it pretty different stylistically? Yeah, it, it's a little bit more. I mean, it definitely. St- it feels like it's uh, actually really interesting sort of progression that way where it starts out like kind of in that sort of mold of just like upbeat sunny guitar poppy sounds and it goes into more just like weird like music concrete found sound like just avant-garde type stuff which is
0: sort of what that that album does too dusty castle where it goes into the fucking 15 versions of green typewriter
1: yeah i was saying they definitely do a lot of that stuff but like that it really is like what most of that other record is and it's great and i'm totally blanking on the title which is bothering me they only have two albums but oh man it's great stuff.
0: God, I mean, I'll I, I'll listen to it because I mean, I loved this one so much. that if I've only got two albums, that's easy work. So. Yeah, there it's was like a th- short book. It's like a fun like, oh, this is an easy like <laughs> pat on the back to myself. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I heard their whole catalog <laughs> over the week. I did
1: great. Yeah, did you? I read a book this week. And what did you do? Oh, I just <laughs> made my way through the <laughs> Living Control. Of the just whole opera. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> Black foliage animation music. God damn it, that's what it is. But yeah, just that. And dust and keep a schedule. They've got like, you know, a John Peel session and like some. Um, one-offs and stuff but like that a r- any other like actual full-length. So
0: okay, here's a fun game real quick just yes. if I'm gonna make you my personal algorithm okay if you know I love guided by voices, you know, I love Olivia tremor control Who's the third band that you would triangulate like someone has just listened to these two bands? Who are you playing them next?
1: Oh Guided it by voices Olivia tremor control um, Preferably
0: something that I haven't listened to but um,
1: yeah, I know I gotta I gotta give this one some thought I mean <clears> hmm <throat> I feel like probably the Flaming Lips. Okay, That's okay. where I would cool, know, I need realistically. To go realistically.
0: Because I really only know Soft and like some singles.
1: Okay, yeah, th- I mean, I'd say Cloud. Cloud days, days, days Metallica. That's yeah. They're I mean they're great. They're honestly like. I do feel like I say that I overuse this so much, but like honestly, I'm probably actually used this in reference to them in the past. One of my favorite bands that I just rarely ever kind of talk to, in like large part, because I know so few people that are super into them. Yeah, and I do think like you know I'd put your Tremor and like obviously Neutral Milk Hotel also on that level. But like yeah, they've got two records each. Most people like know the big one from Neutral, and like otherwise it's just like I mean not a lot of like Elephant Six people that I really know that I talk to as well. But uh, yeah, Devine Fleming Lips
0: are fucking great. And i Did you uh, did you hear about their new crypto that they're dropping? Oh no,
1: man. That's Wayne Coin. God, if that was true, I would. fucking... <laughs> because the thing too is that like, it's so like not. You know, beneath him. Whatsoever. Outside like, it, it, it is just, as far as just, I mean, cause again, he would like, Steven's like, I'm not really. Yeah. Like that would be with a conversation. It's just like, uh, yeah, I'm like, you know, ethically I see where you're coming from Steve, but like I, this would be fun to do like, would be, Yeah, would like, be goofy. Like. And God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Yeah. I'm so glad that record could win your life though. Yeah, yeah. Can that rec- yep. If uh, that actually would probably f- the record that I would recommend more so than I'm sure anything else that either one i us just going to talk about tonight. Like I just I adore that record so much.
0: Yeah, great. All right, uh, so number is this number two for you now? Yes, that's right. all right. Here we are. We're getting to the heavy hitters.
1: So this is. Um, you still haven't named
0: any of the ones that I'm thinking of for you. So I'm excited to see how this. Wraps oh, up you didn't here. think
1: I was going to name low. I Guess I could have thought of that one, but that, they were one of like the three that I assume you're gonna get and not uh, the world is necessarily Or Makami because like yeah, didn't really talk about them much necessarily this year. They kind of came out late You yeah. know well, it doesn't matter so Let's, she was definitely a record that I know that you like And I'm not sure how often it's been in your rotation or not But it is a uh, call me if you get lost by Tyler the Creator you knew this was going to be in here. You yep. knew that there was no yep. way that this tie yep. was not. Yep. And, but I, now
0: I yeah. think I know what your number one is. I think I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, just think but, okay.
1: about the, the t-shirt because the, the, this is like my sort of hint. It's not like an immediate. It's oh, it, you. It,
0: would, I didn't realize that you had worn the t-shirt as uh This is a this 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 signals. No,
1: I actually didn't,
0: and I realized
1: after the fact that like it really does so well, and I was just like I was gonna. I was like, you know what? You talked about that. Let's lean into this a little bit because that was not the plan, but it's totally there. It's yeah. like I think a very good uh, indication, but. Uh, uh, yeah, so Tyler Crater, you know, obviously an artist that I've not been a fan of for as long as I've known you, but basically, I mean, I got in him shortly after, and he's been my favorite rapper since, like, you know, early like, 2013, and I uh, admire pretty much everything that he's put out to varying degrees. Uh, but, yeah, Call Me If You Get Lost, I think, is just a really incredible record that I, the kind of thing that I never really thought that he would make, just because, uh, yeah, he seemed to drift so much from just really giving a shit about rapping, just, you know, as a form in general, you know, that's something that, you know, he was doing. And I could see him just, like, you know, continuing to make pop records or, like, scoring things, releasing instrumental, you know, records, but not necessarily just going back and delivering, like, a, just a heavy-hitting sort of mixtape-style, uh, no-holds-barred kind of record in that way. Like, the DJ drama uh, presence, I mean, just... You really, and me we both really fell in love with DJ drama I, this year. I Yeah, uh, I mean, he really, like... Yeah, no, totally. I would talking Yeah, the figures that like I knew so little about and really kind of came into my life and made everything so much better. No, he was definitely like an unsung hero in a lot of ways. Uh, music for me this year, just like, yeah, like. He, the, the perfect sort of uh, person to just as a presence giving ad libs and this and that, whatever. And like it made, made me really want to go back and listen to more of those Gangster Girls tapes that were not uh, Lil Wayne tapes. I did hear him on some of those Wayne tapes and he was fucking great. He sounded the same and it was awesome. It, it sounds exact same. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I just, you know, I love hearing Tyler rap like this. I love uh, how he continues to just utilize his guests so well. And, you know, from fucking NBA young boy Down Genesis to Lil Wayne to. You know, uh, there's just so many great. Um,
0: where, where does this fall for you now in, in your ranking of his
1: discography? Um, I'd say it's probably at number two, in a, like behind, behind Flower Igor Boy. Flower Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I put Igor at three, and I mean,
0: yeah, Igor. That's was, a beautiful thing that the last three of the top three. I mean, you're in a great place but in your life right I now, know man. I'm so jealous of you. So to, well, let me just, real quick, let me <laughs> to just, just say. To my favorite rapper favorite is just the good. best work of his life. As someone who watched his two favorite rappers, okay, put out some of the most garbage music of their career, actually, def- definitely, well, kind of, this wasn't his worst album. No, it wasn't his worst track. But it's in the bottom three, as is Drake, this is his worst. Just let me say, like, right now, enjoy it, man, okay? Yeah, no. Really I mean, take these moments in. Wake up every day and be thankful. Be grateful.
1: I will. You know, when Flower Boy dropped, I was, I literally had a thought of like, I need to just savor this time when Tyler's releasing really records that I'm loving. Hey man, like, it is, is a, like, because
0: it'll feel like it's gonna last forever. I'm telling you, Dylan, it's not. I, I mean, know. maybe it will. I shouldn't, we talked actually before about how Tyler totally is one of those career artists who will. Well, it,
1: it's just that's not something you can really just like say with anybody that like, oh, this is a, even like with like Frank Ocean or like Kendrick. I'm like, I don't have any illusions about them just releasing just like phenomenal records for the rest of their lives but i think the odds are much stronger with certain people <laughs> like this and like you know Tyler just has grown to a point where like i mean yeah i could see him just like releasing stuff that's just kind of indulgent and ridiculous but it's like it's just so much to admire about his artistry i mean just like the production like just his piano playing like the drum tone like just there's a lot that it just it i feel like he has just progressed you know towards in that way where like I just I want to hear whatever he's doing it doesn't really kind of matter in my mind it's like yeah let's just I mean hear his take on just like an instrumental dub record I mean like you know fucking give it to me like I just I, I yeah. want to see just where the music is going to take him and Again, like I said earlier, I did not think it was going to take him to like this style of rap, but I just, I love hearing how in the pocket he is. Even stuff like Wilshire, where it's literally just, you know, it's a very simple beat. Nothing really kind of changes sonically, but he's just like going in and like writing so vulnerably and candidly and in a way that, you know, just is like so much more honest than like, really anything that i feel like i listened to ever i mean at this point in my life with music coming on. so yeah i mean it just it still blows me away
0: i mean that's the shit we live for when it's like an artist that you got into from the beginning and you've liked it all along the way and you've watched them grow and like you grow with them and their taste as your taste changes their taste like still fits yours like that's like
1: yeah and i mean that's the best thing on earth it has been really incredible for a music nerd yeah for a music nerd yeah for sure like I, I remember when he came out. It was not into him at that time. I remember like I got to do But way. you were pretty quickly, well, but, right? You no, know, I mean, that, that's the thing is, I got into him like uh, during when he released Wolf, which was his second record. Oh, but was it? Okay, I was okay. awa- The thing is, I was just I remember being aware of the whole trajectory. that so, like yeah. what I coming from? Is like I, I'm not gonna pretend like I was along for the whole ride, but I do remember just that's like good how much me, just man. like culture was just like i feel like just overnight like when the anchors video dropped when the off tape volume two oh, dropped yeah. i mean like it was just like it i it was you know it was just in the air i just yep. so it was just very very wild to just see i mean, i read about this when Flowerboy came out just the way he's progressed from bastard of flower Boy is unbelievable and i mean it's just even more so with call me Think It lost so.
0: and like, may the odds ever be in your favor i hope i hope he never drops a dud man i hope
1: and you to this too is this uh number two for you behind cherry bomb for Either him, three? this
0: yeah, this might be number one for him. I don't know. I love. I thought oh, this yeah. was and a really great. Yeah,
1: that's right. I think that's yeah, okay. That this would sense. have been
0: like my number. T- I mean, for the year, just to give, it would have been like this and the War on Drugs record were my two favorites.
1: Oh, right on. Yeah, it's it's year. just so wild to think that you, you enjoyed a Tyler record that much. Because yeah, I, I mean, at any point in college, I, I that would have just seemed laughable that you would have really been that into a Tyler it, it's record. It's like he's
0: changed just enough. He's taken out, for the most part, the way he's changed is like expelling shit
1: that I didn't like. Yeah, the edge. It's lord, like he's finally started, he's, obno- like.
0: He started listening to me, is what it is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Take some cues, yeah. He finally started listening.
0: Tell the teller's a smart cookie. Oh, man. Do you remember the, the smart cookie thing, Do you remember when Trump said that? that the reference he said that about Kanye? Oh my God! I it was, like, I,
1: was I, I, I I feel like I know that reference, and I totally forgot that that was like a Trump thing. Was it like, was like the God first time it. it was
0: when Kanye came and visited oh. him. When he left, that was Trump tweeted. He tweeted that Kanye a is smart a smart k- cookie. Is <laughs> a smart cookie. I've lost my Trump impression. Is a smart
1: cookie. I can't do it. Oh, whatever. that's so fucking. Rough. Oh my God!
0: <laughs> All right, my number two. Not that these are in any order. Yeah, and I'm curious too, if you've ever listened to this mm-hmm. uh, LCD Sound System 4533.
1: No, I've only listened to the full-length LPs. I've not the, listened the, to the anything discography else. proper. Yes, that's yeah. good. That's correct
0: So this is are you familiar with what this is at all? It was um, commissioned by Nike
1: No, I was part of yeah, the, no, I, yeah, I have no idea what this is so
0: Nike commissioned like James Murphy to I think they commissioned like a series of musicians but to make a playlist for jogging and to me, what's so funny about it, I'm going to read a specific copy and the thing I've got here from Wikipedia. Uh, the, composition was, ugh, the composition was recorded between July and September 2006 at DFA Studios in NYC. Uh, the publicity for 4533 described it as being designed to accompany jogging workouts, quote, to reward and push at good intervals of a run. An early <laughs> statement detailed that the composition had been refined after several runs on the treadmill. James Murphy later admitted that this was entirely a lie on his part and that he does not actually jog. Oh my God. <laughs>
1: That's the best. Oh, uh, God. that That's as good as, like, promo for any records get. Oh, my God. But he... Uh, Ooh, or press releases, rather. Whatever. It's It's a great thing. So, it's, like, it's
0: basically almost entirely all instrumental. And it's all one... It, like, flows like a DJ set where, like, it, there's no pauses in between and a lot of the material goes on to be on Sound of Silver like you get
1: Okay so this is what I was curious about yeah cuz you said it was 2006 so it's like literally would have been right I would imagine when a lot of those before shortly before or after those sessions commenced. you get
0: early versions of, sort of someone's Vest. great you get hmm. I feel like there's another one on there that's a big one it's not all my friends but yeah you get you get definitely cool. someone's great which is like almost like the centerpiece of it but it's it's like the perfect music for me it's my f- single favorite album to put on when I'm like either doing homework or something where like I need like uh ambient music is too soft to like get the work going or something. Like there's just such a good rhythm to it of like the the synth arpeggios and stuff that it just like if I've got that and some caffeine, I feel like that's like the perfect intersection for me of like I gotta get some shit done or something. Right on. That's my shit right there. Yeah,
1: I'd like to check this out. As much as uh I so like it's <laughs> just like uh you know uh kind of um amused and disappointed with james murphy for uh the, the, fucking, the whole the amazon uh well just oh, the, that that well. is what i was the like the amazon tv special of just like Wait, oh what's the amazon tv special it's just like uh some like hacky like uh like ironic sitcom sort of thing that like oh is supposed the to thing be, eric Wareheim's yes, doing yeah
0: yeah oh is that through amazon yeah that's okay
1: yeah so yeah, like that that's a little rough he's but, a yeah, bezos yeah, boy yeah, the COVID thing as well. I, I forgot about that. But, like, yeah, that that whole thing where uh, just, like, the Brooklyn residency dates of, uh, yeah, I didn't say it would be safe for people to attend. Like, fucking ridiculous.
0: Yeah, Jesus James. Christ. James, you rock it, man. I know you will.
1: Oof. Eek. All right. But, done. yeah, it's something to check that record out. I just, you know, it's very hard to poor James. Otherwise, I'm doing this for, you know, I just, I need to know how this holds up with DJ said. But this is, yeah. it's.
0: Give, give this one a listen let me know what you think get on the treadmill let me know if it rewards those good intervals oh yeah we'll of, of, of a jog
1: yeah uh, is sound of silver your favorite LC sounds good.
0: no this no, is no. happening this is happening have you by heard the away. first
1: one by far and away ooh
0: yeah uh nice. and the first one I mean opinion. I shouldn't say that because sound of silver is great too mm-hmm. but but that third one is I think perfect um mm-hmm. The first one, I know, like, some of the, the hits, like, Daft Punk is playing at my yeah, house. Yeah, I mean,
1: not necessarily a great record. Not on that level as so the other ones, but, like, yeah, some fun stuff. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's Like It's fun. cool. Like,
0: yeah. it's a, it gives them a story, like, of that they came from this, got, got mm-hmm. to that. It, like, makes that this is happening cooler because it's got something to, like, come out of or come yeah. from. Yeah. Um. All right, so this is it, The Moment of Truth, your number one record. I'm curious to see if it's what I think it is.
1: Alright, um, do you want to just say what it is? Because I would love for you to, yeah, please tell Dylan's me what it is. number one
0: record of the year is Spirit of the Beehive.
1: You got it. Yes! Entertainment Death, you know what it is, baby? I know my yes. boy. Yeah. I
0: know my boy. Which would have definitely been in my top five, too, because this is a badass record.
1: Oh, hell yeah. So that's, yeah. that. I am curious about this stuff, like, uh, if... You know whatever like this would have been or not because I remember you being into like enjoying that record this when we talked about it, it sounded like mm-hmm. it was like something that like you were immediately taken with but like listened to a couple more times and definitely appreciate it on some levels And see <laughs> definitely a record that I think a lot of people I could easily sing uh, easily see uh, you know appreciating it uh, more than they actually enjoy like listening to it but uh, yeah this uh, is a Philadelphia based band um they are three piece they were a six piece for a while but yeah they slimmed down to three piece for this record this is the fourth lp and um yeah they kind of uh transitioned from a uh, like sort of off-kilter psychedelic uh guitar pop band into sort of an electric psychedelic group and uh this record uh is uh just you know it embodies so much of just what i love in music uh there's spontaneity and uh, just yeah, great melody, great texture. Uh, you know, some dissonance, uh, not a ton of noise, but definitely some just like weird off kilter uh, arrangements and.
0: I said it to you before in the episode we did about this album, but to me, it really sounds like the middle point of like all your favorite bands. Yeah, like no, it's like the space mm-hmm. between Animal Collective and My Bloody Valentine and like yeah, Smashing Pumpkins and.
1: I think about them a lot as part of this like trajectory of like again, I talked about this as like a teaser, but like. sort of that like elephant six wheelhouse of just like weird off-kilter psychedelic music and I think that like again they're not like incredibly some you know like an immediate like oh they sound just like them but there's like a kind of a, a thematic sonic through line that I think animates this stuff and that stuff and even I like, just argue, can't get enough of that acid. Yeah. Animal <laughs> Collective as well, even like the microphones for certain sound. They're not psychedelic, but like there is something about like and I mean I think about, you know, even Alex G in this way where like we're going beyond just like pure psychedelia. There's a we you know, sort of a strange DIY uh, you know, guitar, you know. It's not even, like, necessarily rock uh, with a lot of these acts, but, yeah, Spirit of the Beehive, I'd say, definitely were, I mean, they were, like, a shoegaze band earlier on, and, it you know, really, you know, kind of morphed into something that, like, is, you know, defies a lot of easy categorization, but it does embody so much of what I love, and I think a lot of these songs unfold in really strange, unpredictable, and beautiful ways, and, there's, uh it's not necessarily something that is just you know super tidy and like you know exquisitely produced in that way it's still like you know rough around the edges but I mean there's just so much to get lost into and you know I think I discover things a new thing you know details emerge the more I listen to it and uh yeah it's just uh, yeah it, it, it it's just yeah very very easy to admire and you know, from my, you know, sort of sensibility, it's just how much of like, what I think, because I mean, it is the kind of thing where I do think like, you know, they're really kind of, you know, throwing everything in the wall in a way, really kind of like, not, yeah, you know, i just i I admire like the ambition and uh you know so much of what they're aiming for i, I just I, I can't get enough of this sort of thing like you said it really like is kind of in that like bullseye zone of my sweet spot and like stuff in this vein it's just yeah it's like uh you know catnap i can't help it
0: but yeah so if you guys like all that shit dylan likes all that fucking that we, you know all that weird bullshit and fucking garbage you just have <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a badass record.
1: Send that my way, baby. Send please. it. Yeah.
0: All right. My number one, my number one album of 2021 is Harry Nilsson's 1970 album, The Point.
1: Ooh. Okay. I've never listened to any Harry Nilsson.
0: I I'm falling in love more and more with Harry Nilsson. Um, he is. A very post Beatles early 70s. I mean, he comes out of the late 60s, really, but he's mm-hmm. like a post Beatles style songwriter. Um, like when I first heard him to me, he just sounded like a Paul McCartney copycat. Oh, kind of guy. yeah, we talked about this very briefly. The yeah. Beatles like loved him to death. The Beatles like all swore by him. Lennon him produced an album for him in the 70s. They were like drinking partners together. <laughs> um But this album, The Point, is like a once again, very post like Yellow Submarine Magical Mystery Tour. It's like a animated movie that's kind of like Dr. Seuss style. <laughs> and he did the album for it, which is the soundtrack. And the album also has like narration. So it'll go like song of music, then the instrumental of that same song with someone narrating the story over it, then another like proper song, and then just back to back. But it's super quick and it's really catchy. And Harry he does a bunch of, like, goofy voices, and his songwriting's really colorful, um, just to give a little background on it. Got another copy and paste quote here. The point is a fable that tells the story of a boy named Oblio, the only round-headed person in the pointed village, where, by law, everyone and everything must have a point. Nielsen explained this inspiration for the point, I was on acid, and I looked at the trees, and I realized that they all came to points and little branches came to points and the houses came to points i thought oh everything has a point and if it doesn't then there's no point to it so it's very much of that like late 60s early 70s like psychedelic cartoon man like what's the, po- like, what's you know the what point like you don't have so all the characters have <laughs> yeah. pointed heads and like oblio's the only one who doesn't and but the music is just like just
1: perfect. It's oh, very, You in that, were like, playing something I think when we were, was it, it when I had counted that sounded just like very like McCartney White Album, Mabby Rhodesque? Like, to me, it's very much in the McCartney White Album
0: lane of like also kind of like I guess Lennon with like Tales of Bungalow Bill, but just that like the Beatles when they're doing their like kids' music kind of thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's just, it's great. I, I can't recommend it enough. Love it to death.
1: Cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, would you say, I mean, have you listened to
0: much, Harry Nilsson? I've listened to Nilsson Schmilson, which I think is sort of considered like his standard his at this Wilco, point the, yeah it I mean, has not but it's yeah, the right, case but right. schmilson okay. i just listened to uh well, he's got an album that i've also liked called uh Nilsson sings newman oh where it's him doing obviously randy newman songs but what's nice. really cool about it is it's both of them at the beginning of their career and randy newman plays all the piano on it and then harry Nilsson does all the voices and all like some other instruments on it so it's cool to see them collab together and like, mm. they're from the same like California 70s songwriter late yeah. 60s kind of camp Van Dyke Parks to Brian Wilson um, yeah uh, Harry Nelson's a super cool super cool dude, I'm excited to get like deeper into his shit like to me what makes him so cool also is just how like funny he is, like sort of like Randy Newman where like when you think of like 70s songwriters they're typically like these very serious like Neil Young, Bob Dylan, I mean they're funny guys but they're so like, you know what their music That's is so like
1: That's not like necessarily a focal point in that way That's yeah. kind of what makes Randy Newman so compelling is that exactly. it just like absolutely sticks out in that way, it's just like so charming and wry and like just and it ridiculous still is like times, so but, like, It's still like equally heavy in yeah, some ways. absolutely happiness there, no doubt It's just
0: like a better, some to my taste right now, a better balanced proportions mm-hmm. of like that shit
1: yeah, so that yeah make, that, that's my that's yeah. my recommendation i'm gonna check that one out first then i mean i love the the idea of like him and newman like that seems like the next one that i would really want to get into I, I love that just on paper it sounds yeah. awesome
0: so i but would say cool. if you, if you got to start i would go with either the point or nilsson yeah, schmilsson the, the and then nilsson yeah. sings newman's great uh i just also listened to son of schmilsson which has some like hilarious goofy <laughs> bits to it like, yeah dude he's hilarious that are great the son of, <laughs> and he's got like there's an overdub right at the end of the first song where like they put the big effects on so it sounds like an early 40s movie it's like son of Schmilson. Uh, uh, fantastic! and you hear him like talking vocal tracks on top of him talking on vocal tracks oh, yeah. like bring in this voice no bring in that voice mm. it's just it's goofy and meta and you can tell he's stoned out of his mind and like mm-hmm. yeah cool yeah so
1: it's been a fun year it's been yeah, a fun we,
0: season I can't believe we did it we did full year yeah 20 episodes dude that's like a great output
1: 23 if you count the win ones yeah man we, we went in this year it felt really nice we're
0: gonna be back next year with We'll see, maybe a slightly modified format, maybe not. We'll,
1: yeah, it'll be. I mean, it's gonna be comparable. It's just like you know how we go about, you know, consistency-wise in other series, and actually sticking to finishing. You know, that stuff's all up in the air, but it'll be, I'm sure, very similar. It's the same audio XC you love. you yeah. know what You know what you're getting, baby. It's not gonna be too different.
0: Exactly. Can we say it at the same time together to end it? Yeah. One, two, three. Ecstasy out. Yeah. Woo. <laughs>